0: This week on episode 28 of the Dying Alive podcast, no more Penguins. Rest in peace. They've gets, they get swept by the New York Islanders in four games. Uh, Jim Rutherford has some takes. Crystal Tang has some takes. Josh Yohi has takes about the takes. We go around the National Hockey League and uh, we get ready uh, for some Game of Thrones uh, takes as well. Episode 28. Episode 28. As always, Jesse Marshall of The Athletic Pittsburgh here on the Dying Alive podcast joined by my co-hosts from thepensblog.com on the internet, Patrick Damp. Hello, Patrick. Hey, Jesse. So
1: before we get to the other co-host here uh, in my intro, I want to give a special shout out so everybody can hear it. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to my mom. She passed another nursing course this evening. And in one semester, she is going to be a full-fledged nurse. So I am very proud of her. And I would like to tell everyone to take that as some inspiration. That if you think you can't do something, she's living proof that you can pick yourself up and do whatever the fuck you want.
0: Yeah, shout out to Pat's mom. That's dope. I I cannot add to that. Now I just got to introduce Mike. Now it's like oh it's and then there's Mike it's <laughs> just me
2: at least at least we weren't referred to as guests this week it's true yeah it's so nice to You're be per- on your podcast Jesse thanks for having
0: us yeah, yeah thanks for having me for an hour this week your guys's performance you know you, you were due <laughs> this time <laughs> um I'll tell you what two had a crappy performance that's the penguins they did no uh, I don't even want to spend too, too much time on this.
2: Yeah, I, I honestly, I felt by the end of game four, I was relieved that they had lost because they weren't playing like they wanted to be there. So I felt like, why should I care that they're playing?
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to watch that again.
2: Yeah. It, I mean, it's not it wasn't like four games where they were clearly giving 100%, clearly trying their best clearly playing well and losing it's like if they don't care why should i care yeah it was a fitting end to a really frustrating season so i don't know yeah that was as soon as as soon as the uh series and season ended i i tweeted i said i would say a good season penguins but it really wasn't
0: no nope i mean ultimately i mean to go up yeah it,
2: it was never really bad it was never really good. It was always very average, and that's how it ended.
1: Yeah. Yeah. that's That really honestly sums it up. It was just a painfully average season for a team that had its moments that might have been above average, but for the most part was
2: there.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, Evgeny Malkin, very honest afterwards, saying – maybe we need to realize that we're just not champions anymore. That one hurts. I think it I hurt.
2: think I think it's it's obviously true for the time being because they're not literally. Um, I I don't think they are too many steps away from having the potential to be champions again.
0: Well, I think the the you know you're right there Mike but what they do next It determines whether you're right right. or wrong. Correct. Yeah, Which we'll get to in a minute. Um, A thorough beatdown. I want to get into this debate um, because I've seen some hot takery about the coaching staff, which I think is stupid. Do you really think that – like, do people really think Mike Sullivan told the Penguins to play hockey like that?
2: No, obviously not. And and just to go back on what you just said about hot takery – my least favorite part of them losing in four games is it brings everybody out of the woodwork who have commentary on every aspect of the Penguins. When otherwise they would have no commentary on them. Yeah that, yeah, that that's always frustrating in moments like that. When which which I especially for people in the business of writing on the internet and the business of talking on the radio, I understand why they're doing what they do because you got to pay the bills. But it's it's still frustrating
1: nonetheless. Yeah, and to build on it a little bit, I brought it up on the show before, Uh, I believe it was uh, one of the OG Penns blog writers, Adam, that brought this up a while back. There's so much paratrooping that goes on with every team, not just the Penguins, to where when you get to the playoffs, national media guys who haven't covered the team day in and day out, paratroop in, and all of a sudden they have opinions, and there's a lot of there's sure. a ton of guys in the national media who are very smart, very well versed in hockey, and have hands everywhere. But you know exactly who we refer to when we say stuff like that.
0: Yeah, no, I mean I think you're you're right. I think that you know sometimes the discussion lacks a bit of nuance. Um, you know, and again, I mean, I just you're crazy if you think Mike Sullivan wanted the Penguins to go out and run headfirst into a brick wall. Um, you know, over and over and over again. And then, you know, the the, the the when you get into the coaching discussion, or I guess argument, or whatever you want to call it, people will say, "Well, Sullivan didn't make adjustments." Okay, so like, let's point out a couple things he definitely tried to do. He Tried to do these things, players didn't listen. Uh, well, if the players didn't listen, then he still needs to go because uh, he doesn't have control of room anymore. Okay, so what are we going to do? Uh, you can hire guys and let them know, hey, you're only going to be here for three years because you know our superstars don't want to deal with you anymore. Is that is that how you want to handle it? I mean, I'm- yeah, I mean, <laughs> I
2: mean, if you if you if you fire the coach and that's the reason, that's the precedent you're setting. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> and and I will accept the
1: arguments for Sullivan to lose his job. If you base them in the he lost the room area, even though I don't agree with it, because there's more of a case to be made for that than he didn't adjust. Because if you look at the guy's body of work since he came in in December of 2015, he doesn't give a shit about what his system is. It's it's Teflon or not Teflon. It's rubber. He will twist and turn it into whatever it needs to be to win. And you know he saw the Islanders putting forth their che- their their trap and their kind of forecheck, and was like, "Support your defense. Support your defense in the defensive zone. Get the puck out of the zone. Put it in deep, and go to work." I I, uh, oh. I, wouldn't,
0: even enter, I, I wouldn't even as go, I wouldn't go as far as to entertain the argument. No, all. no, no, no. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree.
1: I think overall calling for Sullivan's job is stupid and it doesn't have any merit. But if your argument is based in he's lost the room, I think you have not good but sure footing to stand on as opposed to saying, well, you know, he just didn't adjust. He did exactly what the Islanders wanted him to do. He
2: did not. His bot- and, and I think, And I think regarding the lost the room, I think that's kind of off base as well. Because if we, if we look at the playoff series, a team, a coach, rather, who has lost the room is going to be a team who is losing playoff games 4 1, 5 1, night in, night out. People may have thought it was him trying to blow smoke at his own team after they lost game four. But when he said this series was essentially four one goal games tied or one goal games going into third periods, he was right. I mean, you get an overtime game and three games that were one goal games until either the Penguins were pressing for, an ex- for a goal and allowing an odd man break or one goal games with empty net goals to seal it in games three and four. So he wasn't wrong that it was a closer series than it looked to that point.
1: And similarly, to kind of build on what you're saying, Mike, go look at how the Penguins played in the final month-ish of Mike Johnston. That was a team that did not give a shit. And I know yeah. we kind of said off the top, they looked like they didn't care about the Islanders series. Yes, but you also
2: know when you're beat. You also know when you're not going to come back. And there's, I think there's a difference between playing the way they played and playing to get a coach fired. Mm-hmm.
1: And in 2015, they were not only playing to get a coach fired, they
0: truly did not care. Yeah. Anyway, uh, moving forward, I guess the big question is what happens next? Uh, Bizarre thing that's happening, in my opinion, is everyone's like all in on trading Phil Kessel. But I don't know many teams that trade the best player they had in the playoffs and then find a bunch of success the following year. Yeah, I mean... That's weird to me.
2: It it doesn't make sense. And... I tweeted about this this morning. I said, I don't think the Penguins need to shake up their core. The problem I see is that the missteps by the general manager, trying to undo those, you might have to shoot a hostage and give up part of your core to be able to dump some of the bad.
1: Yeah, that's where the problem lies, mostly. And I will say, like, to an extent, I have warmed a little bit to possibly trading Phil, but I'm still very much in the don't trade him camp. It's just the fact that if you are going to do it, you have to replace what you're sending out. And right now I don't
2: have the confidence in the GM to do that. No, no. And the other thing is, I think, like I said, if if you're going to try to get out of some of the bad the other problem is I don't think the general manager thinks the bad is actually bad. No, he th-
1: there is no indication he does. I mean part of it of that I do believe like uh, Jesse's colleague Seth Rorabaugh said is some used car salesmanship, you know. Hey, this car's great. smacks roof. It's you know, it's got all the pushback in the world and it's great when you need it to be. <laughs> and i think another part of it is pride like he made the signings he made the trades so why would he
0: say they're bad i think he has a little bit of like old sort of you know team based defense system as well in the sense that like he's always going to go to bat like when when he when he gets pressed in certain ways so I felt I feel like that day in particular, he was, you know, under siege with some difficult questions. Um, yeah, and, which
2: and, which shout out to the people asking those questions, asking the difficult questions
0: for sure. And then yeah, yeah, you know, I think sometimes he goes into like sort of this Papa Bear, um, coach player role, almost like a Reg Dunlop situation. Yeah, and you I know thought I, mean? I thought
2: maybe he he might have been a little bit out of line in the uber defensive commentary regarding the the team's defense and then saying well you 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 guys said we didn't have enough toughness so we made these moves almost like trying to pin the moves he made on the people
0: asking the questions well yeah and let's be honest too like I think you know you try to be respectful right no matter what you are always and I mean like from a the, per, the perspective of somebody like that's in the, like in a media role. Yeah. You know, you want to treat, you know, players and people with respect. So it's difficult, you know, to be someone who's on the beat and have the general manager ask you to publicly call out two defensemen in front of everyone. You know what I mean? Like on the spot. Yeah. You know, like that, that, that to me was the part where I was like, I cringed a little bit. Yeah. It's like,
2: part- it's like you're making things difficult for a lot of people at that point.
0: Yeah, and that's like a, that's a sheer like I'm on the defensive move. Yeah, you no, know, it really is. I mean, I don't say that as like a slight to Jim Rutherford, but like no,
2: it, it's know. just a, a quick pivot to to put. The think other about side. a time
0: like think about a time you got owned. Yeah, like your first reaction was be like, oh yeah, like your reaction. is, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not owned. owned. Yeah, I'm not like, owned. <laughs> <clears throat> exactly. So I was like that. That was that kind of moment for me. Yeah, and, and so and I do think there's creases. Like, but here's the thing. What if he really does believe it, though?
2: That I think he. Th- I think that Jim Rutherford thinks Jack Johnson had a great year.
0: Yeah, and, and I've said it on the impossible to say, you know, <laughs> what you know. I, <laughs> I, I've said because we can't because we can't look at the traditional analytics to define him as a player, right? And and we clearly don't understand all the video that. See, here is the thing I've learned: you can't define him with traditional analytics. <laughs> okay, and all the video on him. Looks bad because of somebody else. Jack <laughs> so Johnson. You Jack Johnson, the truly undefinable you, player. Sure, you can't. You can't have a good faith discussion about his play at all, because people are like going to either stand him, regardless of evidence. It's, it Jack, talking about Jack Johnson <laughs> is like talking about the flat Earth, because like, let's say we were arguing with a flat Earther, you'd be like, they'd be like, how do you know the Earth's round? Oh. We went to space. We landed on the moon. We've taken pictures of the Earth from space. Like, I could give you any number of gravity, you know, like, whatever. After eight minutes, you're like, what the fuck am I doing here? But then they, they'll be like, they just come back, they're like, no, nah, that's a hoax, dog. Like, NASA's not like, real. Like, after a while, you're like, am I crazy? And yeah, and then you're like, I'm not having a good faith discussion here. <laughs> you know, like, my evidence gets tossed you know, right out the International Space Station into a vacuum. <laughs> and meanwhile, like, this person's got all these conspiracy theories that just pull out of their asshole whenever they want. So, you know... Which,
1: it, which it, speaking of, for some of my stand-up comedy fans out there, if you have Spotify, please go listen to Chris Porter's new stand-up, A Man from Kansas. He does a whole bit about stupid people and flat earthers, and he has one line in it talking about going to space, and he goes... Have you never seen a picture from space? What do you think? We got the correct angle every single time. <laughs> you ever talk to a sailor who sailed the Atlantic and they told you about the big flip?
0: <laughs> also, if you have Spotify, make sure you listen to the dying Alive podcast. <laughs> well, if they're listening to it on Spotify, it's their next thing to listen to. Um... Yeah, so can't talk about Jack Johnson. We just Wait, can't do it, but guys. The, but the other thing I was gonna say on
1: that, before that, <laughs> that turned into a flatter. Just earth back up
0: real quick. Hold on, like, just to wrap this all up, because I watched the series multiple times. Why? Because I'm tracking the data. I'm doing a really little manual. I'm getting paid. I'm like, I'm not doing this yeah, for right. free.
2: It's, <laughs> still, it's, no, it's like still like it's, my job. It's still self harm. The answer
0: to why? So, um, anyway, <laughs> point being. Rewatch the series; he was objectively horrible. I mean, objectively yeah. bad, objectively bad, and I'll prove it. But then there'll be something. No, you can't. Well, and you can't look at the micro stats.
2: And, and like, here's some of all fears is for me. Oh, great reference, Mike. Jim, Ruther- Jim Rutherford deciding I'm going to trade Justin Schultz because he made Jack Johnson look bad. And there's only one year left
0: on his deal. I, I, I know. Don't... I
2: know. It's right. like. Like, he thinks Jack Johnson played well, so... You know
0: Like I'll be honest with you. If they did if they did trade Justin Schultz, I wouldn't care because last year he wasn't very good. Last, the year before that, he wasn't very good. I'm just being honest. People yeah. don't want to hear that. Like, he hasn't been very good. Yeah, right. it, it, it still and would course, be Of course, timely like, goals sometimes that, like, cover it up a, the fact that realistically, even strength, he hasn't been very good.
2: Yeah, still would be a bad thought process, though, that I'm going to trade the guy who played with Jack Johnson because Jack Johnson can't be bad.
0: I still wouldn't trade him either. I just
1: would try to deploy him differently. Yeah, Yeah. and and the the other thing I was going to say, I've said it on the show before, is a lot of general managers and a lot of coaches in the NHL still have blind spots. They all do. The best of the best all have blind spots. And I feel like a guy like Jim Rutherford and maybe even a little bit Mike Sullivan look at what Jack Johnson brings to the table and still have that old old guard kind of mentality that he still has a place in hockey.
0: Um do you know here here's like a here the meta situation around the Justin Schultz thing. They can't deploy Justin Schultz in the Justin Schultz deployment because they have Eric Good there. So yeah, I feel like yeah, he, he, he's the one in the, in, in c- those minutes. role. Yeah. Right, right, right. And knocking him out of the park. Don't get me wrong. Um, But that's kind of the, that's kind of the real kick in the shin. Yeah. In the situation is what do you, you know, where's the right place for him now? Yeah, I'd agree to that. I mean, it's,
1: it's the same exact thing. Bottom pairing, sheltered minutes, using them to his strengths. And now that you have good Branson in that, it takes it away from Justin Schultz.
0: Um, Chris Letang, a little spicy. He's going to try to not make a mistake next year. Oh, I loved it. I don't I, know why I wasn't doing that before.
2: Yeah, I mean now, the the one caveat I will throw here: while I feel he was bang on correct with what he said, I feel like he might have been looking for a fight that day.
1: Yeah that 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 might have been. That was similar to G, uh, Rutherford. He was in defensive posture, and he yeah, found it's his like opening. Just,
2: they, they just got swept. Forty eight hours later, they have to face the music. I think he was looking looking for an argument, but I do think he was he was still correct with what he said.
0: The reality of the situation with Crystal Tang is that he does way more good than he does bad. Yeah, and when he does make mistakes, they just happen to be super memorable.
2: Yeah, in, in a four-game sweep, every mistake is going to be super memorable, especially when their one-goal game is capped off by an empty net goal.
1: Yeah. yeah, and I always refer back to something Jesse said when we were having those just absolutely garbage debates in 14 and 15 about possibly trading Malkin. If you trade Chris Letang, you no longer have Chris Letang.
2: If true,
0: yep. Yeah, I mean, who's taking those minutes, guys? Jack Johnson, Justin Schultz. No way.
2: <laughs> That's what I mean. Uh, there, there's your no brainer answer right there.
0: Yeah. Now I'm not trading him or Phil Kessel. No.
2: That's what I mean. You don't. You don't have to trade. There's no bylaw that because you have a bad postseason outing, you have to trade a big name.
0: I think McKinnon and Bukestad are great. Like, let him stay. Great. Yeah. But, like, Jack Johnson, got to go. Like, I'm sorry. that The Penguins are going to be right back in the same situation like, next year like if eat, they put him on the second defensive pairing.
2: Eat 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 your first-round pick and give it up to get rid of Jack Johnson. Whatever.
0: Yeah, I, I mean – They just they
2: just can't go into 2019-2020 with that guy playing heavy minutes.
1: It's, it's not it, – it's to the point now where, you know – tuck your tail between your legs, admit you made the mistake and rectify it. That's it.
0: And he was objectively bad again. I'm just not I'm not going to entertain any arguments to the contrary. I don't care how you dissect it. You know, this is you know, people always love it when data and video get along and, you know, harmoniously and this is one of those situations. The video says he sucks, the data said he sucked. He was not good in the playoffs. He wasn't good in the regular season. And the myth yeah. about him, you know, being you know, having this quote unquote good stretch run of play guys. Matt Murray. That's what yeah. that was. Yeah, we said we was. said
1: that last week.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So so what do we what do we take away from the Evgeny Malkin anecdote from Josh Joey? Should I <laughs> you want me to read that clip? Uh yeah, go ahead and read that. Okay, so this was from Josh Joey on the Athletic. Uh, regarding, I guess the basis of the story was Sullivan's difficulty getting the team to buy in. Uh, it says, during this meeting, Sullivan showed a video of Chad Ruedel with the puck in the corner behind goaltender Matt Marty. There were no Penguins forwards visible in the screenshot, prompting Sullivan to say, what is Chad Ruedel supposed to do in this situation? Pittsburgh's second line was on the ice during this particular sequence. Thus, Sullivan's question was directed towards that unit. Evgeny Malkin offered his opinion. Quote, he's in the NHL. He can skate, skate it out, as he told the entire team.
0: Oof. Yeah, I, look, can I tell you what my take on this was? Let's hear it. Um, My take on this was Evgeny Malkin in in the midst of a season that was the most frustrating of his professional career.
2: Yeah, I I don't I don't disagree with that. I didn't
1: even think about it from that angle. The other thing I was what I was initially going to say was I go back and forth on it like one. Not a great look for one of your leaders to kind of call a guy out like that. I'm not saying Gino has to come in and be like, "Yeah, that's my bad. I should have done more." Blah blah blah, but not a great look to call out one of your teammates. Like, well, oh, whatever. You're an NHL or figure it out, stupid. Yeah,
0: and, and well, even, wait, on, I didn't even take even it that way that, though. I didn't take it that way though.
1: No, Pat, no, I I, 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 I didn't either. But there is a chance that Weedle might have. And as one of the, as him being a seventh or eighth defenseman, when one of the big dogs says that, it kind of crushes your ability. To do better, and then at the, I
2: think it—I think it
1: does undermine Mike
2: Sullivan too. Th-
1: yeah, that was the second part I was gonna say was the undermining of your coach from leadership is not great. Like, but it's also at the same time I get what Gino is saying. Like, you're an NHL defenseman in 2018, 2019. You should be able to skate it to at least the top of the circle and start the breakout.
0: Yeah, but where are you going to go? I mean, that's, and that was one of the problems, you know, with the Penguins and the Islanders. There's just that huge Red Sea, like vacuum there. There was a big disconnect between the defensemen and the forwards. Nobody was really operating on the same page. Right.
2: Yeah. And I, I also kind of read it from the standpoint of Malkin has a job to do. And while helping the defense out of the defensive zone is part of that job, a little bit of frustration with his general manager, having acquired two players who can't skate.
0: I don't really care if people like the way that Rob Rossi does his job or not. And, you know, I think, you know, a lot of his old reputation um, has been shirked in his time at the athletic, but...
2: I, I, I would agree with you that I think a lot of the thoughts on Rob Rossi are
0: several years outdated. Yep, I'd agree to that. I, You know, Rob's got a better connection to Evgeny Malkin than anybody yeah, You know, an unfettered access to Geno that most people will never dream to have. And routinely it says, and I don't think he would mind me sharing this at all because he says it himself uh, publicly all the time. Um, you know, normally when Evgeny Malkin struggled, he there there was something he could latch onto as a reason why, and he never found it this year. So, like, he, the direction that he needed to go to fix, quote-unquote, and let's be honest, like, he wasn't bad. You know, oh. we make it sound terrible. He didn't score as much as he wanted to score, especially at even strength. And I think the struggle was trying to find ways to fix that, and he never found one. So he walks away never having really found an answer. Yeah, you finish. And he, you he, finished. let's be honest, he's playing the playoffs with the flak jacket too because he had broken ribs.
2: Yeah, oh. you finish the, <laughs> finish the season in general on a bad note. You finish the playoffs on a horrible note. You're not healthy, so.
0: And anybody that, that, you know, poo-pooed the fact that he didn't talk on clean-out day, he he was one of the only people that talked after game four. So I don't care about that. Um, I
1: I always always cycle back to when people get annoyed at players and coaches or uh, management not talking in certain scenarios. Dude, it's a professional sports team. It's not the government. They they're, they're not. The, yeah, they're quote unquote working for us, but not in the same way. Like they don't owe
0: you a quote. They don't. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. My
2: bit. my standpoint is if the entire basis of your work on that
0: day is off of that quote, you need to
2: work harder. Yeah.
0: Um. Let's hop around the NHL and not the Penguins. Um. Boy, you thought it was bad in Pittsburgh. Let me tell you about Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> can, can no, that's the thing is about the Penguins is like they they quietly got swept nobody gave half the shit they would have given, you know, if it hadn't happened in Tampa thing. These arguments about how unfair the playoff structure is. And by the way, there's four minutes and thirty seconds left. Right now, in game seven, Leafs Bruins. The Leafs are about to lose again. Correct. Uh, so, you're going to hear people poo poo how unfair it is for the Leafs. You're going to if it, let's say you know Washington loses, people will probably poo poo that. Um, people will poo poo the people, Tampa loss.
2: People but, basically make excuses for everybody, but the Penguins. Exactly. The that's out. what
0: I'm saying. Nobody gives a shit about any. Nobody gets Oh, the Penguins, big deal. So,
2: so, so my so my two thoughts on Tampa. One. Um. From a Penguins' perspective, the Penguins kind of shot themselves in the foot and played right into the hand of the Islanders, who don't get me wrong—they executed very well. But the, but the Penguins didn't do themselves any favors. Watching those Tampa games, they got the shit kicked out of them by Columbus. Yeah, and my other thought, my other thought is if save, we flash, save the
0: first ten minutes of Game One. Yeah,
2: if if we flash back uh, about six weeks ago in this show. I believe I called the Tampa Bay Lightning Paper Tigers. I agreed with you. I appreciate that. I think we all agree. Yeah. Yeah. They just, they never did anything that really wowed me. I mean, 126 points in the regular season will wow you, but it's like when you're a team that has failed to get over the hump in the postseason, until you do that, I'm going to have my doubts.
0: Um, Another another upset that didn't get a lot of play was the Flames hold, going hold, hold down on. to the Atlas. Hold, hold on, hold on. I thought we were going to stick on Tampa for a second. A uh, couple
1: things on that. One, to build on what Mike was saying, they never faced any real adversity throughout the regular season, Tampa. So going down 1-0 and then 2-0, and, and I know people will say, like, oh, they had the the – 2016 run where Stamkos went out, they had the loss to Chicago in 2015, they had the loss in 2017 to um, Washington, or 2018 to Washington, but, I mean, you coast through the regular season with no real adversity, and as soon as you face it, it's you're not well-equipped, and then the other thing I'll say is as an advocate for chaos, I hope they do something stupid. But as somebody that tries to be logical, don't do any don't don't do anything dumb. Like you didn't get that many points in the regular season and play that well by fluke. You're a really good hockey team. Heads do not need to roll.
2: Yeah, they never they never lost three games in a row in the regular season, and then they lost four in a row in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: I do think that I do thought, think they
0: need a new coach, though. I do not trust John Cooper. Anybody got any thoughts on, on Calgary, Colorado?
2: Uh, my thought is they looked really good in game one, and then things were entirely different for the next four games.
1: Uh, it's a lot similar to Penguins Islanders in the sense that you need your
0: stars to show up. Colorado's stars showed up. Calgary's didn't. Um, you know who impressed me, guys, with St. Louis, um, especially that comeback win in Game Five. Yeah, uh, on one of the better moments, I think of the playoffs as a whole. To be honest, um, that was
2: a, that was a weird series. It started out. St. Louis winning two on the road, and then Winnipeg won two on the road, and then uh, game five
0: kind of changed the script. You know, Winnipeg didn't play well down the stretch, and it kind of seemed like they were going to continue to not play well and really not get punished for it, and then it happened, like, out of nowhere. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, Um, to be
1: fair, the Central Division is not great, so they benefited from that.
2: Um, Dallas, Nashville. I didn't see a whole lot of that series because I think that series started with them playing on the same night as the Penguins. Yeah, I watched
0: the end of the series, obviously, more than I watched.
2: Yeah, I I, yeah, I missed most of that one, too. So,
1: I mean, I think it correct me if I'm wrong. uh, Stars got Zuccarello, right? Correct. Correct. I lose track of those guys that were Rangers forever. But I do think that was a huge addition, and it showed.
0: Um, yeah, and I think it's funny how you think about Dallas went from the team that could score a ton of goals and couldn't defend worth a shit to being a team that's really good at defending and you know now doesn't score a ton of goals.
1: Well, and, I, um, and I mean, on, 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 a, <laughs> on a similar note, like even though Calgary lost, the biggest question mark for Dallas was in goal with Ben Bishop.
2: Yeah, he played his ass off in that series. And the thing was, yeah. so
1: did Mike Smith. Like, if the if Mike Smith is playing that well, the roster he has in front of him, they should win, but they didn't. On the other side of the coin, Ben Bishop has played really well, and the roster in front of him won.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You want to hear yeah. something funny?
0: The Leafs are losing 4-1. 4-1, yeah. So they gotta fire Mike Babcock.
1: He's I, I said it at the beginning of this show when we first started and did a season preview. Babcock is what is gonna hold that team back.
0: Hey, by the way, if we're firing people, David Poyle, does he have to go too? He probably should go just because of being a shitty person, let alone a shitty general manager. <laughs> wow. Didn't expect that. All right, Mike. I mean, really, that's how, you know, Pat, that's how, you know, you're getting closer to the correspondence this time. You know,
2: let's be serious. Pat, how... Pat,
0: Pat, this is like NBA jam when you hit, what was it? Like two, two, three in a row and start heating up. He's heating up. Yeah. That's Mike right now.
2: Yeah. <sighs> no, but I, go ahead, Mike. Go I, on, I, get it out of your I, system. I mean, <laughs> let, let, let's look at how he handled the Mike Ribero situation. Well, we the got, Austin, got a good Austin Watson situation. Here. He has shown many times he's a shitty person. Yeah, and you know what? Not –
1: sorry, Mike, not what you were saying, but what Jesse was saying. (laughs) I said it tonight on Twitter, and I said it to uh, Jeff and Rez from Penn's blog a few days ago. You know how I – even though I said on the podcast I thought this was the year that Toronto was going to get over the hump against Boston, the way I framed this was Boston coach, guy in a suit, well, we're playing – toronto in round one so what we're gonna do is we're gonna play physical we're gonna get in post whistle scrums and it's gonna get them off their skill and speed game mike babcock well uh you know we gotta push back we gotta play strong we gotta play tough we gotta uh, make sure we stand up for one another and you're gonna play right into that aren't you mike because boy if you have an arsenal at your it, it uh at your disposal you're just gonna not fire bullets are you
2: um, we got another game what, seven tonight too. Yeah, what's the
0: prediction for this one?
2: Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna back Thomas Hurdle. Sharks win. By the way, shout out to Gerard Gallant calling Pete DeBoer a clown today. Bring me that playoff drama, man! I love it. I love it. It's such a that's, that's such a good dig. It's like it's not truly offensive, but it's embarrassing to be called a clown. clown is such an underrated insult. Who do you have tonight?
0: Sharks. Sharks. Nice. 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 Who do you yeah. got
2: tomorrow? Carolina, Washington. I in, don't know. In Washington, neither team has won on the road yet.
0: I feel like there's going to be some more nonsense officiating tomorrow night.
2: Yeah. I. I yeah, f- and I feel like the sun might come out tomorrow, and uh, <laughs> we might all
0: need air to
1: exist. You got any
2: other hot takes? It's like, <laughs> it's, it's like when everybody's like, this is a – This is a ruse to force a game seven. I'm like, no, officials aren't good enough at their jobs to be that smart. They're just bad at their jobs. Yeah. Yeah. TJ Oshie out for the playoffs. Not a big Uh, deal to me.
1: Couldn't 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 (laughs) happen to a a better guy. Oh, my God. Fuck
0: Oshie. Mike put in the rundown for the show. That he specifically wanted to discuss Liverpool's title race.
2: We haven't talked about it in about 10 weeks, I feel. Hey, if you <laughs> guys want to do that, i got
0: to go grab a beer. Uh, Pat, you should listen because it actually is quite interesting.
1: It, it's very interesting. Yeah, but I'll also yeah. have nothing to add, so I can just listen to it back when I'm editing.
0: <laughs> um, Liverpool, two points up on Man City. Correct. City with a match in hand. And they play tomorrow. All right. Against... Uh, Man United? United
2: at Old Trafford.
0: At Old Trafford. And Man United just got trounced by Everton, correct? They, they,
2: uh, yeah, correct. I think it was 4 0 or 5 0. 4 0, I believe it was. Yeah.
0: And uh, like, so,
2: so if you're Man United, you can either bottle it and help Liverpool or get the shit kicked out of you and lose the Derby.
0: Derby, Mike, Derby. Sorry. I do think that in looking at this, so Liverpool have Huddersfield. Huddersfield, Newcastle, Newcastle away. and Wolves. Correct. But you have Barcelona wrapped around Newcastle. Correct. And Barcelona is going to make your run. I could see you losing that Newcastle game.
2: Wolves are tough too. And Man City finish three of four on the road.
0: Brighton, Leicester, right. Burnley. Um, you guys still talking footy. Yep, I still think you could do it, though. I still think you could do it. My the question is: the question is, do you? What do you think is going to happen against Barcelona?
2: I don't know. And and I was talking with somebody else about this. They said to me, if City drop points tomorrow, you have to punt on the first leg of Barcelona.
0: Yeah, to to secure the points against yeah Newcastle. Like against Newcastle. Yeah.
2: My my gut tells me that Liverpool win out and finish a point short.
0: I'm not trying to be funny, you know, when I say this, but, I, like, I'm so pissed right now because West Ham just continuously are getting just fucked by terrible officials.
2: <laughs> it just Another, never another ends. sport
0: where officials aren't smart, they're just bad. We had a uh, – played Leicester City on the weekend – up two one, looking good too. By the way, got the the third goal, beautifully beautifully placed ball, and uh, Lucas Perez uh, called offside, and he was a good three meters onside. <laughs> it's a good three meters onside. Yeah. Oh, he was three meters I, onside. I mean, I mean, he was he, mate? This is not Australia, Pat. I don't. <laughs> we're going to England here. No. See, which, which
2: uh, with Champions League matches against Barcelona coming up, I I am not opposed to the VAR.
0: Pat, imagine if, like, the Penguins, in the middle of the year, had to play, like, like teams from the KHL, like, Jokerit, it, like, there was this crazy just mishmash. Did you play
1: in Yanni Pessinen.
0: Yeah. No <laughs> no 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 You remember that music? I do. <laughs> yeah, that music was dope as shit. Um somebody asked me if I knew anything about the the Finnish player the penguin signed earlier and I was like no dude I'm not <laughs> You can go that deep yeah. Alright well look before we drop the beats again I have a feeling that we're going to go down a very, very heavy Game of Thrones path here. Uh, so if you are not current or you are in the process of uh, getting current, now would be a good time to stop listening to the show. We won't be offended. Yeah,
2: we're, and, we're and we are we a day later than shit. last week, so the chances of people being caught up is probably a little better.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so if you're not caught up, thanks for listening. We love you. Talk to you soon. Okay.
0: Hit the hit the, hit drop the beats.
2: Okay, first question from Casual Puck Talk: What exactly do I do now? I assume this is regarding the
0: Penguin season
2: <laughs> being over.
0: Solid account, by the way. I followed that account uh, this year. Some good yeah, interactions. Good account. Uh, um. What do you do now? Just
2: Watch Game of Thrones.
0: Soak in the theories, man. Yeah, get into some Game of Thrones series. And hey, we still got three rounds to go, man. Or, girl, I
1: don't know which per- which is casual <laughs> Punk Talk, but uh, <laughs> hey, three rounds to go. A lot of hockey to be watched, and you don't have to go yeah. through the stress the stress of your team being in it.
2: Yeah, uh, Ziad has two questions. One penguins related. One Game of Thrones related. First for the Penguins. With them picking around 20th position in the draft, who are the top prospects you want to see them pick?
1: And Jesse, take it away.
0: Well, uh, there's really only one for me. The Highlander? I don't think. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Alex Newhook. British Columbian. Alex Newhook. Let me just throw this at you real quick because, like, the Penguins are going to pick at 16 or 16, depending on what happens to Carolina, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah depending on what happens to Carolina. So if Carolina wins, they'll pick at 16. If Carolina loses, they'll pick at 17. But either way, Alex Newhook's going to fall right into their lap. Right into their lap. And he's just So, center, so he, so he should be available center. at that point. Yeah, 100%. Left-handed center, Um. Played against lower competitions. This is a junior league. So, not like, so not, I don't mean an O, like, not a CHL league, like uh, a BCHL, you know what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about type situation. But torched it. Um, 17 for the majority of the year, over 100 points. Uh, 66 points last year, I think it was when he was 16. But he has NHL tendencies. So, I don't, I ignore some with the stuff he does that is like more flair stuff till go in and like he was doing all kinds of just stupid shit this year like dumb stuff that people shouldn't be able to do i ignore that and like look at what he does in tight space like he's got shooter tendencies he's got patience i think if you played him like i just imagine him playing with like a jake gensel you know what i mean and them both being able to find open space and operate in tight i mean they're they're both the same kind of player i would say Sounds good to me. I'll take him. Stupid uh, offensively though. Just so, dumb.
2: So, so that's the name. So dumb.
0: Remember. What's that?
2: I said so that's the name to remember.
0: My name. Yeah, I, I don't see anybody usurping him. And uh between now and the draft so.
2: Uh the Game of Thrones question. After having watched all of Game of Thrones 7 times, which shout out to <laughs> What? You, Damn. I am terrified for Sunday. How are you
0: guys feeling about it? Fucking terrified, absolutely terrified.
2: Terrified but I'm ready. gonna be I'm ready for camera.
0: I'm everyone's dying. A lot of people are gonna die.
2: Yeah. A
1: lot of people um, Every- I think everyone that made a cameo in Jenny of Old Stones
0: is either dying or something insane is gonna happen to them. Or yeah. both. Well, I think Jenny of Old Stones is more of a song to us. What do you mean? I think the song was being sung to the fans. Okay. <laughs> and, and you know what I mean? I mean, if we think of it, think like re rewatch that scene and, and imagine that the characters are speaking to you.
1: I'll have to do that tonight, even though I've rewatched it like 15 times just cause and then you'll be like, Oh shit.
0: Everybody's going to die.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh Topical question from Morgan. Do you think the use of Jenny's song is a spoiler of what happens in Game of Thrones with John giving up the throne for the woman he loves? Or are we getting Danny murdering everyone here soon?
1: Danny's going to kill everyone, I think. Mm, I'm going a totally different direction. Just, Just because I think her desire for the throne outweighs everything
0: else. I think Jenny of Oldstones song is going to be a reference to something that happens in the crypts this week.
2: Yeah, they they highlighted the crypt several times, not by accident. I think.
1: Yeah, I think so. that's gonna that's gonna play a major part next week. I, I go back and forth between why the hell are you putting the women and children in the crypt when the guy coming to fight you can raise the dead. And with
2: with one fell swoop of raising his arms.
1: But also, I don't know if those dead getting raised are going to fight him.
2: I, I don't
0: know. 82 minutes this weekend, by the way, guys. 82.
2: 82. That, mm. That's good because this past week, I
1: start watching. Now, do, do we think that – are you getting that from IMDB, Jesse?
0: Um, Reddit, yeah.
1: Uh, okay, I'm wondering if IMDB also takes into account the fact that HBO Go puts the runtime, including the after-the-show look-in, which has gotten me both times this week, these, this season. I've been like,
0: oh... The- um, I don't know, I don't think so, because the, the one for this week was a clear-cut 56. Okay. And, that yeah, was I've, the and I've heard, I heard I heard yeah. last
2: week that episode 3 and on were near 90 minutes.
0: So this one's 82, and then you go 79, 80, 80. Oof. Can't and that's wait. That's good.
2: Be- like this past, this past week, I start watching, and I'm sitting here dialed in. And then all of a sudden, I look at the clock, and I'm like, it's 935 already. Like this is almost over. Which So, so, so I'm glad we get an extra 20 out of this. Which I can't
1: remember if I said it on the show or just to you guys uh, in our chat. But people that were like – Oh, man, there hasn't been as much death so far. Dude, the final few episodes are going to be <laughs> fucking murder porn. They'll be, They'll
0: be bitching this week that, that there's, there, too, there's much too much death. Yeah. yeah, The
1: last few episodes are going to be murder porn. Like You're going to get all the death you want in the next couple
0: weeks.
2: Yeah. Uh, Chris Craft asks, who are your favorite stand-up
0: comedians? Mitch Hedberg.
2: Yeah, mentioned I'm, indif-
0: mentioned.
1: I'm indifferent. Mentioned him earlier on the podcast. Chris Porter is a really underrated comedian. I like. Uh, I like Bill Burr's earlier stuff. He kind of fell off his last two specials. He's obnoxious and from Boston. Yeah, like Mike Birbiglia. John Mulaney, obviously, he's great. Yeah, Nick Kroll. Kroll. Kroll underrated has good stand up.
2: Uh, Brenna O'Leary asks: First major character to die in the Battle of Winterfell.
0: Theon. Uh, no. Theon will die later. Brienne. Um. Now, nah. is the Hound a major character? He ain't dying. First no? of all, you don't think? He never does. He's gonna kill his
2: brother. We we do need the game Bowl still.
0: Yeah. Um. Jorah.
1: I'm sticking with Brienne just because of the preview where she—you can see them charging and she yells, "Hold
0: your ground." Yeah, Jamie's standing right there. You know who wasn't in picture? Tormund. Oh, Tormund's a good one.
1: Oh, which I forgot. I have. I have, all, I have also funny, just. Like... <laughs> I've also just brought myself to. As much as I enjoy the theories, just stop because this show has thrown me over a cliff so many times that why bother? Just let it happen. Davos
0: is going to. Oh, Davos is 100%
1: going. Yeah.
0: That little Shireen looking girl. Uh, Let's see here.
2: Michael N asks any chance Thomas Harley drops to the penguins in the draft. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you're picking at 16, you're kind of in that range where a guy who's supposed to be top 10 or whatever could very easily fall to 15, 16.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, Follow up question for Jesse rank the motion city soundtrack records.
0: Um, i whoever asked this question is to be super disappointed to know that I don't like motion city soundtrack enough to be able to rank their records. Oh, I'm um, not like, I, I don't, that's no disrespect to them. I just never got into them. I, I, what I have though is like motion city soundtrack bangers that consistently show up on my playlist.
2: I mean, every, everything like, is um, all right.
0: is always a banger. Favorite accident banger.
2: Let's get fucked up and die. Mm. That's a great one. Uh, Ian asks, what is something you don't like about Game of Thrones?
1: I know I said this to you guys when we weren't recording. There's just so many goddamn characters and I can never remember names like they'll come on screen and I'm like, I know who this is. I know what their place in the plot is. I know their backstory. What is their goddamn name?
0: I would say the fact that, like, Euron is a Disney pirate compared to the fact, (laughs) like...
2: We did not see him at all this past episode.
0: But he's a Disney pirate compared to what he is in the book. So, like, in the book... At this point, he has Yara captured, but he also has Aeon Greyjoy captured, who he brutally tortures. I mean, like... It's disgusting what he does to this guy. And then he impregnates a woman and ties her and his Aegon to the mast of the ship as it travels through the sea in some kind of like blood sacrifice ritual. Like the dude is ruthless in the book and in the, in the show, he's like this dumb, stumbly Disney guy. He's just like loud. Can I t- just, can I, one more minor complaint? The dragons aren't eating. I know what we'll do. Let's take them on a vigorous 20-minute ride.
2: <laughs> you know, I know that I know that
0: when my pets are hungry, the first thing I do is like to give them a huge workout. You know what I will I will say about the show that is
1: kind of a pet peeve as well is distance and time are very loose. Like how oh, like yeah. how quickly the white walkers got through the wall and started descending on everybody like i i don't think they're moving that quick
2: yeah i would say the only complaint i have is this isn't even really a complaint it's like the show is so dark that you have like literally dark on the tv you have to watch it in the dark and it's like sometimes i want to watch with the lights on
1: i had one of i had another one and i forgot it so must not have been that big of a deal
2: uh, let's see here question from question is from Zach which remaining first or second round series are you most interested in
0: oh Caps Canes for sure yeah
2: Caps Canes Caps Canes going to seven I do like the second round series Bruins Blue Jackets
0: yeah that's
2: now going to be a good series and I think the I think there's a lot of potential for things to get spicy between Barry Trotz and the Islanders and the Capitals should the Capitals win um, follow-up question: Does Tormund have a drinking problem? Yeah, probably. I, I love the the scene of them drinking for hours. Oh, it was beautiful.
1: That's, uh, <laughs> I said it to uh, the Pens blog today. I was like, if there, and it, it it's similar and builds on what you're saying about the drinking scene. Is if there's one thing Game of Thrones owns. It's that they will shoot something and put out something that is absolute cinematic brilliance. But you don't appreciate it because you're watching it going, yeah, everyone in here is going to die. So as yep. soon as Patrick yeah. started singing, like <laughs> I went back and watched the second time after the initial watch. I was like, this is a really well shot, like put together scene. But the initial watch, I was like dead, dead, dead
2: dead dead (laughs) yeah and on that note i was uh reading a tweet from stephen king yesterday he tweeted as a longtime storyteller i'm in awe of how perfectly the minds behind this show brought all the major characters together at Winterfell. they made it look easy constant readers it is not
1: yeah like that cannot be undersold like how well put together the first two episodes of this show have been like you're literally watching it like because because I, I think I said it on the show last week when Sam was like talking to Danny about his family. And like I was like, oh, my God, I forgot about this. And there were a couple other moments where you're like, holy shit, I forgot about that, too. But it was because all the major players were right in the same spot.
2: Yeah. A lot of times when you get into the final season of a show, it feels rushed to finish. But in this case, it kind of all perfectly fell together.
0: Well, either way, next show we do, we're gonna have we're gonna do the whole thing about Game of Thrones, considering what we're about to uncover for this upcoming week. So, yeah.
2: Uh, let's see. Mark asks, "Look, the way the season ended for the Penguins sucked, but if we try to be positive, give me your favorite moment of the Penguins season, and give me your biggest positive
0: about the team going forward." I'm not even. I don't have a moment. How about that I don't one? have a moment. Biggest positive,
2: probably Jerry McCann.
1: Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Yeah. yeah, McCann-Bugestad is a positive move forward. Favorite moment was probably Crosby's overtime goal against Edmonton.
2: Yeah, that was a good one. Or Jared McCann and Nick Bugstad rushing to get to their first game. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. Uh, Pitt Sports fan asks, where is the best place to get barbecue? In Pittsburgh. I would go outside Pittsburgh and go to DJs in Weirton, famously who banned Peter Lavillette from eating there in 2012. DJs is amazing if we're going outside Pittsburgh.
1: Inside Pittsburgh, low key hole in the wall, underrated place is Southside Barbecue.
0: Also, mm. there's a real dope place out in like Mars, and it's a podunkle joint on the side of a road out by 228. I have to Google it and there's
2: also uh if we're if we're going outside out twenty-two headed towards like Johnstown at Clems. Oh, Clems is awesome. Got nothing else to add to that. Clems is great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh follow up question what two penguins players would you want by your side during the zombie apocalypse? I'm just taking one. I'm going with Erica Branson. Patrick Hornquist. Yeah, that's good too. Definitely not Jack
1: Johnson. He'll get run down by every zombie.
2: <laughs> uh, last question from Bioshock. Uh, there's two here. Do you still think Daenerys is going to go Mad King or Queen and kill John now that she knows? Yeah, I do. I think so. She wants that throne, man. Yeah, there's something brewing.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh follow up, what did you think of episode two as a whole? Did you love the episode oh, look, even though there sh- was there was no bloodshed? Personally anybody love the that shits on it. that episode's an idiot. Dude,
1: that episode was great. That like it's the old TV trope of the episode before the finale is usually the best episode. Because yeah. it, it it sets everything up. Like we know exactly what is coming next episode. But for Game of Thrones, we don't because they always find a way to throw you a, a curveball. But like you knew because you were getting moments with every character for an extended period of time on screen talking, something huge
2: is coming next week.
0: Yeah, it's not even worth it to have to like defend it, Pat, honestly. I mean, yeah,
2: and um, another and thing, you, not if even you, if
0: you if you're bored by that, you're not invested in the show,
2: yeah, not even really on topic for the question um i i personally felt like a lot of discussion was lost due to this scene with Arya and gendry um i feel like the weapon that she asked him to craft
0: is going to play a major role somewhere. oh yeah for sure well it's the same as the staff she was using with the faceless men so
2: yeah well, yeah but it's like it's like they don't keep mentioning it
0: and showing she trained the, with it blindfolded for christ's sake I yeah mean,
2: yeah they don't they don't oh. keep talking about it or showing the drawing for no reason
0: also All right, well, t- also total coward move
1: on the Game of Thrones official Twitter. They put up a, they put up a tweet that said, A girl knows what she wants. Behold Arya's Dragonglass Spear sketch. And it was a picture of her and Gendry. And I guess they got ratioed so bad in the matter of like two minutes that people were just like, Ah, it wasn't the only thing she wanted. <laughs> So they deleted it and just put up the second part, and not the "A Girl Knows What She Wants."
0: Some spear, all right.
1: Oh, all right. Buddy, well, uh, buddy, we're, the we're, weapon wasn't the only thing she wanted.
0: We got to rebuild our cache of vines, so we're taking a break from Vine of the Week for time being, till Pat and I can drop some more because we're running out. Um, so, <laughs> so,
2: can we we'll just be, can we just play the uh, Vine of the? Boston College football coach saying, guys being dudes every week. <laughs> there you go. Oh,
1: that's a great. All right. One.
0: What's better than this?
2: <laughs>
1: guys being dudes.
0: Signing off uh, for Dying Alive, episode 28. We will see you folks again soon. I'll
1: oh, see you guys.
0: See ya. See you guys.